Welcome back to Twice Upon a Time. This time, Roger and I watched Season 1, Episode 18, The Stable Boy. As always, we'll start with a brief synopsis. In the Enchanted Forest, we discover that a young Regina was in love with their stable boy, Daniel. But her mother, Cora, has high hopes for Regina to marry well. And she has magic. When Regina saves a young Snow from a runaway horse, the king proposes and her mother accepts for her. Regina and Daniel plan to run away, but Snow sees them. Regina is able to convince Snow to keep a secret, but Cora ultimately manipulates Snow into revealing the truth. Cora then kills Daniel, and Regina is transformed into the evil queen, blaming Snow White for Daniel's death. In Storybrooke, Emma desperately looks for evidence pointing to Regina, and finds some with help from August. Before she can obtain the evidence, Emma is betrayed. She blames August, but it was actually Sydney. Regina believes she has won, but at the 11th hour, Catherine shows up, very much alive. Roger, what did you think of this episode? It's a solid episode. I don't love it, but I like it. It's moving the plot along, the interesting part. The backstory is informative with Regina, but it's kind of cliche, I suppose, is the way I can think about it. Yeah, it... It's just too much of the, I love this man, but mother won't approve, and then mother does the horrible... I mean, it was just kind of like... Cora is great. I absolutely love seeing her. She is evil to the core, and you learn a lot about Regina. It's just not my favorite flashback. It is an okay flashback that gives a lot of good detail. I actually like the most at the end when you see the point where Regina's face turns from, I don't hate snow, to, I'm going to destroy you. You? You? Um, I really like this episode. I don't know that I would use the word cliched. Um, I think this is a very different backstory than than we get, which is nothing, in the original Snow White story. Um, and I think it, it, this, is, we've, this is what we've been waiting for. We've really wanted to know why Regina hates Snow so much, and we finally do. Um, and there's clearly some... I think the, the part that's interesting is kind of the, like transference between I mean Snow did tell a secret she was also 10 years old and Regina's mother killed her true love right in front of her but this is all Snow's fault are you saying that it is wrong to blame a 10 year old child for messing something up because as I recall during the Hansel and Gretel story you were very very coming for Hansel who's about a 10 year old boy screwing everything up yeah, he had a very, very simple task, which was to not eat anything for, like, five minutes. As opposed to Snow's difficult task of keeping her mouth shut. She thought she was helping. Hansel didn't think he was helping. He just wanted to eat the damn cake. He was hungry! He's also a boy in a place made of candy. Do you think you or I could go in a place like that and not eat something? Yes! Oh, I'd eat something. If someone told me that there was a scary blind witch that might eat me inside, of course I would eat nothing. Wow, I hope that you never uh, get trapped in a gingerbread house. Same. (laughs) Um, It was ridiculous that Regina expected a 10-year-old child to keep a secret. That's true. Much like uh, Charming slash David and Mary slash Snow, maybe don't have your illicit affair out in the open. It's true, yeah. Uh, The stable is not really a private location. Also, why didn't they just leave, like, right then? Like, they could have just left. Yeah. Like, Snow could have told whoever she wanted. They could have just left. (laughs) I think, as we've said many times, Regina's a high-conflict person who's very good at blaming everyone but herself. Though, apparently, she doesn't blame her mother. The actual killer. It's hard to blame your mother for something. 
But yes, agreed. Is it when you watched her kill the man you love? It's true. That is just, it's awful. Like, it's not, I think you did it. You probably did it. I watched you crush his heart in front of me. And the way that Cora does it, like, she could have just killed him. Like, when she saw them, she could have just been like, I'm done with this boy, and, like, break his neck. But she, like, started a, like, deception and, like, started to give him advice and made Regina think she was going to let them leave together, and then she killed him. She needed to break Regina's heart and crush Daniel's heart. I guess. My gosh. Uh, I also really like, I mean, the twist at the end of this episode is amazing. Like, you think Regina has finally gotten what she wanted, and then at the end, wow! Uh, And there's just some really great police work in this episode. I'm into that. She becomes a detective. She does, for real. She doesn't fail miserably at her job and still get the job of sheriff. Um, One thing I want to talk about Madame Mayor Regina, the... I've always loved the way that she emotes. The shot in the mirror where Mary Margaret kind of incriminates herself is great. There's, there's absolute joy when you see Regina just smiling like, gotcha. Um, um, it's the, I don't want to say rage, but it's just the way that she looks at Mary Margaret when she's in the jail cell. Like, she hates her. And it's so confusing to Mary Margaret. She's like, what did I ever do to you that makes you want this? so?" And she even says, like, why are you enjoying this so much? And Regina can't help herself to the point that she even admits, I know you didn't do it, and I don't care. <laughs> it's amazing that Regina goes to the jail cell to taunt Mary Margaret twice. She does it twice. The second one is even more jacked Oh, it up. is. But just, not only does she taunt her, she tells her, I know you're an innocent woman. I, she says she's going to leave Storybook. Is that, she's saying she's going to get executed or just sent to prison out of the town? Well, I think... I think she's going to get sent to prison out of town. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, she's really relishing in Mary Margaret's misery. Yeah. I don't I don't believe that Maine has the death penalty and if it even if it did, there's not enough evidence in this case to get the death penalty. Fair enough. Um, one of the things you find for the first time see a nice and young Regina, which is not something we'd mm. seen before. Every time we'd seen her in the flashback, she's the evil queen. And you see her in fear which is not something you see from Regina. She's terrified of her mother and her magic specifically. It's very weird to see Regina in a position of weakness. And she's very weak in this episode. Not in like a a weak woman, but just like she doesn't have magic yet. And her mother is an evil, evil woman. And she also, she's really afraid. Like Daniel tries to convince her. Daniel thinks that she's afraid to sort of lose her position or she doesn't want to live in poverty or... Or she's ashamed of him even. Yeah, which she's not at all. She's terrified of her mother and knows what will happen when she finds out. And boy, was she ever right. I mean, could not have been more correct about what her mother will do. Yeah. Um, One quick thing about Henry Seymour. Pathetic. Just pathetic. Failure as a father? Honestly, I think he has tied Sidney Glass... For how weak of a man he is. And I don't even say he's worse because he let his daughter get bullied. Like at least Sydney, for the most part, his bad actions hurt him. Henry Sr. sat back and watched Regina literally get her heart broken. I, it's so bad. And he, he like vaguely protests. He's like, oh, Cora, stop. <laughs> but he doesn't even do anything. He just stands there and watches her. And I actually caught something that I had never seen before in all of the times that I have watched this show. When the king proposes to Regina, 
he Henry Senior shakes his head. Yeah, he, he knows about Daniel, uh, and he doesn't do anything. He just, he just lets Cora accept the marriage proposal. He could have very easily walked over to King Leopold and been like, "Hey, let me tell you something. Don't trust my wife. She's an evil woman, and she will do bad things if you marry my daughter." Or he also could have very easily said, "We are so honored by this proposal, but my daughter." is actually already betrothed to another. Yep. Now, Cora would have killed him for that. But he would have been actually a father who protected his daughter. Yeah. And I don't... I think the king would have had something to say about Cora just killing Henry Sr. in front of him. She wouldn't have done it right then and there. Yeah, that's true. I also like the beginning of this episode. We get that sort of... I mean, the show is full of flashbacks, but we get that flashback of Regina and Gold talking about the deal that they've made. Uh... We had asked last time, what was Gold, like, what did Gold want? And it turns out what he wanted was to be acquitted of beating the shit out of Mr. French. Do you think that's all he wanted? No. What he ultimately wanted is for exactly what happened to have happened. But he needed Regina to think there was a reason. And he did want that, I'm mm-hmm. sure. But I think he probably could have gotten out of that on his own. I don't think he cared about that. That that <laughs> didn't matter to him. That was a, That was an excuse for him to make a deal with Regina. I also, he taunts her when he sees her like holding that ring. He says, remembrance of things past, which is a little, that's pretty cold for golds. It is though, in fairness, it's kind of a gotcha back because she's taunting him in the jail cell when the teacup. And he, I think she says a similar thing of, you know, Oh, looking to remember something from your past, because obviously she knows that the cup meant something to him about Belle. So yeah, he taunts her, which, again, I love when they're a little bit antagonistic mm-hmm. towards one another. I also like that we get a little David in this episode. Not a lot, but we get David not being a total douchebag in this episode. He comes to Emma and says, I know Mary Margaret didn't do it. I'm so sorry that I had this moment of weakness. I want her to know. Emma rightfully just kind of sends him on his way, but he's he's trying. He 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 wants he wants to be there for her. You think it was rightful that she sends him away? Yeah, I think that it was. I think that it was right. I think she should tell Mary Margaret about it, but I I don't think that she should just automatically agree to have to let him visit her if Mary Margaret has asked that that not be the case. Okay, I don't know that she did tell Mary Margaret though, so. That part may not be right. <laughs> does seem like she takes the choice out of Mary Margaret's hands, but maybe she already knows what the answer is. Um, I do like the piece between her and Henry, where they're Operation Cobra, and he's like, the the eagle has landed, the thing's on the nest, and she's like, Henry, I left the code book at home, and he looks so disgusted. He's like, she's taking a shower, the keys are under the mat. Like, come on, step your game up. It, it's great. I, I love his irritation here. I know, he's very into his operations, and they, they, gotta, they gotta learn the code book. I also think there's something to be said about he's taking it more seriously how dangerous his mother is, and Emma still doesn't seem to understand the stakes here. Yeah, they Emma asks a ten-year-old to help her, to, like sneak into the mayor's garage to find evidence of a murder. Yep, that's that's a little that's a little messed up. Yep, a little bit, a little bit, and August just gets to come along. Yeah. It's totally fine for uh, for people to be uh, coming along on murder investigations. I mean, I guess Henry's already been deputized because he came along That's in the previous true. murder investigation. Now August gets to show up. And they find the shovel, which was an interesting bit, but they leave it there. 
and they come back with a search warrant. And it's long gone, shockingly. I know, I wonder if... I mean, I guess we're meant to believe that Regina knew that they found the shovel because of the bug. Yes, 100%. In the office. Um, and she was very quick to remove it and replace it with a new one. Mm-hmm. It's almost, it's like, it's like physical gaslighting. Like, yeah. It's <laughs> like, too like, new. This shovel was here all along. Yeah. What do you mean? With this brand new shovel that looks shiny and polished? Of course, it's been here the whole time. I still have struggled to believe that Regina was actually the one that buried the box. It just doesn't... Regina doesn't dig holes. <laughs> I would have believed you, but I made the mistake of thinking she wasn't the one who wrote Tramp on Mary Margaret's scar, and it was very clearly her, as we mm. actually discovered that she does is shown with the... I guess um, when you don't have magic, you have to do things yourself. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, Sydney, in this episode, continuing to be a pawn of Regina, and Emma finally figures it out. <laughs> How did she get played by him? For so long, too. And it's not just that he, like, lies to her face. It's also that she keeps asking him to do, like, research for her. Maybe she would have solved this crime sooner if she had done some of this research herself. Because clearly Sydney was doing absolutely nothing. Or he was doing exactly what Regina wanted him to do. Yeah. I mean, he's the one behind... And shouldn't she question everything that he's provided? Because he provides the phone records. It's true. He does provide the phone records. He also says that Regina never bought a hunting knife. I bet if Emma walked into the knife store, they'd be like, oh, yeah, Regina bought this huge hunting knife last week. Yeah, 100%. Uh, We also see King George in the real world for the first time. His name is Spencer, and he's the attorney general, or district attorney, sorry, attorney general. It's a very big job. Is he the district attorney or assistant district attorney? Eh, Whatever. One of the two. He's a lawyer. (laughs) He's the prosecuting attorney. We know that. He also does an excellent job of manipulating Mary Margaret into providing motive. Mm-hmm. He's he's uh, sneaky that way. It's similar to what he does to her in the Enchanted Forest when he convinces her to lie to James slash David. Yeah, he's, he's good at manipulating Snow slash Mary Margaret. The other thing that I found interesting is that why did Mary Margaret break so easily there? She, at first, she's like, no, I didn't want her gone. And then all of a sudden, she's like, yeah, of course I wanted her gone. She's the only thing separating. I'm like, you knew you were on trial for murder. What is wrong with you? Why would you think that that's a smart thing to admit? I'm assuming we would believe that she just lost her cool or yeah, something. Yeah, I think she just lost her cool. She's she's probably not used to being interrogated for murder. Okay, fair point. <laughs> you know, as school teachers are. Uh, yeah, August. I want to talk about him really quick. He drops a little hint that he's having shin splints. Yeah, and we see him limp. Um, so that's a that's a big hint, uh, and we're going to learn very soon what that means. He, he inspires Emma to take a different look at the case. He does, which worked very well. Very, very well. And then she accuses him, unfortunately, of being the mole. Which, she at the time, she didn't have any reason. It, he was the only person, to her knowledge, that knew about it. And then she finds the bug and the flowers and realizes that Sydney has been playing her all along. And she does right away apologize to him. But yeah, that was a little, that was a little cold. He seems really upset when she, like, he, uh, he did not like being called a liar. I am not a liar. Can't wait to come back to that one soon. Mm hmm. I also love when Emma, before she talks to August, she's looking at the book. Like, she has come to, she has no more leads to follow, and she's like, maybe this book will bring me inspiration. 
So you remember when she made a barb at um, Graham about how far have you fallen that you went to a 10-year-old for advice? <laughs> Boy, the tables have turned. She, yeah. You, you as the sheriff are now using the book that you think is feeding into your son's delusion as clues for as to what happened. Mm-hmm. It's not great. No, it's... It's funny because it's like, it sounds insane and it's ridiculous and she was mocking people, but she's like, it, it's like a sign of her desperation. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about Cora. Oh. There's so much to say about Cora. Uh, we, we learn from Daniel that she was the daughter of a miller. Mm -hmm. So she had uh, very modest beginnings. Humble beginnings. Humble, humble beginnings herself. And so cruel when Regina tells her that she saved Snow from the horse and the king is coming, and she says, you've finally done something right. Jeez. I feel like it explains so much about Regina's character to understand this relationship with her mother. Well, even the, I think the first thing we hear from Cora is you ride like a man. Like, just immediately dismissive and critical, and you're like, oh, I said hurt people hurt. Regina's obviously spent her entire life being hurt by her mother. While her pathetic, sorry-ass father stands by idly and just goes, eh. It's very disappointing, Henry Sr. Uh, Cora also expertly manipulates Snow to get, get information out of her. I'm not sure how she knows that Snow knows something. I guess she, I, it just, she, she remarks that, like, you and Regina are so close now, and then she goes straight for the dead mother. Just, like, straight to the dead mother. And Snow is genuinely worried about Regina just, like, losing this relationship with her mother and instantly forgets <laughs> that she has made a promise uh, and true, but does truly believe that Cora is going to let Regina be happy and marry Daniel. You stupid little girl. Yeah. What, what did Granny say? You stupid, selfish, reckless girl. <laughs> That applies here so well. Like, just shut up. Just stay quiet. I mean, granted, Regina and Daniel should have just left. Like, that would have been the answer here. Mm -hmm. Maybe Cora was, would have been able to track them down, but you'd given yourself a fighting chance. Um, also, we find out, as you said, she has... Not only did she manipulate Snow, she manipulated the whole series of events. The whole thing. And Regina figures it out at the very end. And yet, and yet, her answer to finding that out is, I should have let the girl die. Not... Oh my god, you're the real villain here, mother. It's this is all Snow White's fault. I love that scene when Regina is walking away. It's it's what we were talking about with the last episode. Like we just watched Evil Being Made. Like she turns into the Evil Queen at that moment. You can even hear the Evil Queen's uh song like come on when she's walking away when she wants to kill Snow. Which is sad because that's the first time I think you probably hear Cora say I'm so proud of you. She sees Regina turning into the evil queen and now she's the woman that Cora wants which should have made Regina think I'm becoming a terrible person I also wonder at one point Cora says you always have to do what's best for your children and then she crushes Daniel's heart and she really believes that what she's doing is best for Regina which is really sad and that is a thing that Regina does later she uses that phrase a lot about Henry like I have to do what's best for Henry and you'd think that she would have learned her lesson about that situation. Hurt people hurt. And I think, so here's the thing. I think both Regina as daughter and as mother had the same parallel. Cora was doing what was best for both of them. 
and Regina is was trying to do with Henry what was best for both of them. So in her mind, she does believe that she's protecting Henry, but also while getting what Regina mm -hmm. wants. Just like Cora believes she's doing what's best for Regina while getting what she wants. Exactly. And we also hear love is weakness again. Um, this is, well, this is the first time we've heard Cora say it, but we've heard Rumpelstiltskin say it before. Yeah, this would be maybe the origin of this statement. And uh, yeah, we've had, we've heard Rumpel say, I want to say we heard someone else say it. That's possible. And she also follows that up with true power endures, which feels like a very Rumpelstiltskin statement. Yeah, that doesn't shock me. That does sound like a Rumpelstiltskin, sta Rumpelstiltskin statement. Yeah. Um, we also hear again, true love is the most powerful magic of all. We do hear that. I think it's said by Regina or is it by Daniel? By Regina, both times. he says She says it to Daniel and then she also says it to Snow. That's right. Or she says love is magic. The the Regina Snow kind of introduction seems like it's going to be very sweet. You're like, oh, this is nice. Did not expect this to be the start of a lifelong rivalry. And there's an interesting parallel because every time you kind of see the flashback and it goes to Regina and she's usually clutching that ring that Daniel gave her and you understand exactly why she holds this like seething contempt for Snow. Though, let me say, I understand that they changed the story from Mirror, Mirror on the Wall to this, but this still seems, makes Regina seem like a crazy person. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's hard to to blame your family, especially when you're afraid of them. Because she feels like she's powerless to fight against her mother, and she still feels that way. And I think part of the reason that she learns magic is so that she feels like she can stand up against her mother, so she doesn't have to be afraid. I agree with that. It was just that, like, it was so... And she does this in Storybrooke. This is your fault, Emma. This had nothing to do with Emma. Yeah, but everything was fine until Miss Swan came here. No, it's not. It's, like, the same thing where, like, she transfers her anger from the person who actually did it. Most of the times it's herself. In this case, it's her mother to some innocent bystander. Or not Not that Snow is an innocent bystander, but she's a 10-year-old girl. Like, she's going to do stupid things because she's 10. I mean, just yeah. is what it is. And it was... I don't know. Sometimes I find young Snow to be very annoying. I think she's... I mean, obviously she tells a secret that has dire consequences in this episode. But I do think it's really sweet. Like, all she wants is a mother. And she, like, wants Regina to be her mother. And then she's totally willing to give that up so that Regina can be happy. And she thinks that's what she's helping with. But it's not. <laughs> you stupid, reckless girl. Mm -hmm. It's funny that... Granny says that to Snow, but in reality, that's kind of been true most of her life. She's impulsive at times, and she can do stupid things that have consequences for other people. Something that Emma also will do at times, and unfortunately, a lot of times, uh, Regina's the one who pays the price. Mm -hmm. So it's not it's not an incorrect statement, even if their heart's in the right place. Their actions usually end up screwing over other people. That's sometimes. a really good point. Emma does do that several times. Uh, Mary Margaret does it. Like yeah. Her heart's in the right place, but she screws over Catherine. Like yeah. Catherine did nothing to deserve this. Mm -hmm. She shouldn't have been having an affair with her husband. Yeah. Do you have any uh, any other characters you want to touch on? I mean, I want to talk about Gold real quick. Okay. So he's in the background, but at the very end he says there's still a little bit of time to work some magic. And, and then, then Catherine appears. Are we to believe that he made this happen? Yes. Okay, Definitely so, we're meant to believe he made this happen. So then he either knew where Catherine was or was the one that kidnapped her? That's right. That's I mean, that's got to be true. So... He did this clearly to screw over Regina. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, and I listened very carefully to the terms of their deal yeah. at the beginning of the episode. And what she asked for was 
the key. That's all she asked for. She said, I want you to put the key in the cell. Uh-huh. And then Mary Margaret did leave, um, which wasn't even really part of the deal. And then she came back and Regina was upset. And Rumpel says, maybe you'll still get what you want. But what he actually meant was, maybe I'll still get what I want. Well, he wasn't saying maybe. <laughs> I'm going to get what I want. That's okay. So once again, he's played her expertly. Yep. Yeah. Also, Catherine's back. Catherine is back. Like, I I remember when I first watched this episode and Ruby screams and you're like, oh my God, what did she find? And then Emma goes out there and I'm like, oh my God, this is like Catherine's dead body. Like somebody threw Catherine's dead body on the ground. But then she's alive. And she has no idea what happened. So same horrifying scream as when Ruby found the heart. Mm-hmm. We were also told, I believe in this episode, or maybe the previous one, that that heart was a match for Catherine. DNA yeah. test came. Now, I'm assuming those DNA results came back via Sydney, so they're clearly a lie. Mm-hmm. Or this woman is operating without a heart, which I guess we've seen once before. It's true. But we have no reason to believe that at this point she's walking around heartless. So, yeah. That, of the cliffhangers that happen in this season, that's a big one. Yeah, I mean, like, what's... Because now there is no crime. Nope. There was no crime. No. And Mary Margaret... Well, the, there was the crime of the kidnapping of Catherine, but... So what's even more interesting about this is that Mary Margaret basically is at her lowest point and about to be convicted of murder. And now... But she now knows that Regina framed her and hates her for some reason. But she's going to get off because there's no crime anymore. And Regina just unnecessarily exposed herself in that regard. So Emma knows she set her up. Mary Margaret knows she set her up. Gold knew the whole time because he was involved. I mean, it's like, that was that was not the smartest play by Regina here. It really wasn't. Especially, I mean, Emma is relentless. Like, yeah. Emma will not stop until she finds something that can put Regina behind bars. Yeah. I mean, it, and not only that, she, her secret double agent has been deduced. Emma knows that now. So, I don't know what, I, I mean, Regina had been kind of going on an upward trajectory. Right? A lot of wins, a lot of good manipulation, We've hit the top of that bell curve, and I think we're coming back down now, and things are starting to get worse for Regina. She's not winning anymore. Um, we know that she's got an enemy in town also in Jefferson. Even though we didn't see him in this episode, we know he's lurking. Yeah, I mean, he's he, he's no longer lying uh, outside his house, so he is somewhere. He's somewhere. He's not dead since he just walked away. So, yeah, this, uh, I say, Regina is uh, struggling a little bit right now. Yeah, I am... Um... I'm very curious to see what's going to happen. <laughs> like, what's Catherine going to say? Presumably, I mean, she seems to not remember, like, doesn't... She seems very confused about why she's there. But maybe she knows who took her or where she was. My first thought was, does she have her memories? Yeah. Because oh, her her uh, Enchanted Forest memories? One of two. Does she have her Enchanted Forest memories? Or does she have the same problem that David had? Oh. Because remember when David uh-huh. tried to leave, he lost his memories. Does she have amnesia? Mm-hmm. So it, that's when it was a real cliffhanger because she could be either one. She might know that she's Abigail now. She might have no idea that she even is Catherine Nolan. I mean, there could be a whole list of things. I also, Regina really should stop relying on this like, okay, they're going to leave town and then something bad's going to happen to them and they'll die. Because like, that's not what happens when people leave town. Like something bad happens, but they usually don't just die. Like they don't find dead bodies at the town line all the time. We think. We think. It's technically been 28 years, so maybe this has been a method of execution in the past. that's true. That's true. 
maybe. Although people wouldn't have tried to leave before because they had, oh, that's true. They had no reason to. Over and over again. Yeah, so I don't know why she thinks... She knows bad stuff's going to happen, and I, I don't know. Like I think Gold does a good job of manipulating her in the kind of like cold, open flashback where he's mm-hmm. like, oh, and he kind of just like leads her down that path, and then she finishes the story, and he's like, yeah, okay, sure. That'll, that's what happens is going to happen. Regina, why you why why you gotta be like this? You gotta be like this because a ten year old told your secret to your evil mom. Because evil isn't born, it's made. Yes. All right. Favorite moment. My that's my favorite moment. The evil being made. Like it's so like you just the way her face transforms when she walks away from her mom and you like hear that music and you're like here's the evil queen. And something I also appreciate about evil isn't born it's made is if it's not born maybe you can change it Mm, so you like the redemption Mm -hmm. aspect okay uh my favorite is regina's two moments with mary margaret in the cell Mm. pure evil just relishing in the fact that someone is going to be convicted for a crime that you admit to their face that you know they didn't do is heinous yeah, that is really bad. So <laughs> It's really, really bad. I have said that, you know, in totality, Korra is a top four worst villain who does not deserve any redemption. And at times, Regina emulates her mother very mm-hmm. Like, that is so wrong and so jacked up and so hateful. You're like, what is wrong with this woman? I, I just don't know what's wrong with Korra. I'm glad we're going to get to see some backstory on Korra eventually. Yeah, because she made a horrible daughter. She's a horrible person and she made a horrible daughter. She really did. Ridiculous moment. I had a little trouble with this one, but I think it's Catherine reappearing. Like, it, it, when you when you follow the thread of, like, how Mr. Gold would have made that happen, it doesn't seem that ridiculous. But just from, like, a watching a television show, this feels like a very, like, daytime soap opera moment. Like, she was dead, but she actually wasn't dead. And she reappeared in the parking lot of Granny's. Yep. No, this was... <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. But there was something a little bit more ridiculous in my mind. Please. She was 10 years old. Yeah, she was 10. She was 10 years old. You expected a 10-year-old girl to keep the most important secret of your life? Especially from a person that you know to be incredibly manipulative. Yeah. And you don't know this 10-year-old girl that well. You've met her one time. Just shut up and go. Like, cover's blown. Snow found you. Let's go. Or she she could have done what she did and asked Snow to keep the secret and then immediately left. Immediately. And maybe Snow would have kept the secret for like a little enough time to get to, for them to get away. Yep, exactly. And then Cora would have probably manipulated her telling her and then, you know, okay, the chase would have been on. But that was... And then holding, I guess, not only expecting Snow to keep the secret, but then holding a lifelong grudge against a 10-year-old is absurd. The grudge should be against your mother. Your mother murdered him in front of your eyes. Ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Really ridiculous. What about your loser of the episode? Can there be a loser who's not named Regina in this episode? I don't think so. There's she's named Regina in the Enchanted Forest and Storybrooke, and she's absolutely the loser of this episode. She lost her true love. I mean, Daniel's the only other one I could think who could be a loser because he got his heart crushed. Yeah, we just don't know enough about Daniel for him to be the loser. I guess. I mean, I guess Peter was my loser of the last episode. Um, He died in brutal fashion, though. he, He really did. Um. Regina, and she, like, feels like she's won. I think that's, like, the hardest part. In Storybrooke, you're like, oh, my God, Regina Regina won. She got it. She got the she thing even, she wanted. She even says, Daniel, we got her. Like, mission accomplished. And then 
She doesn't. Nope. Nope. <laughs> uh, how about your winner? So my runner-up is Catherine, because she's not dead. Okay, that's a good runner-up. <laughs> Which I feel like in most episodes, hey, congratulations, you're alive. But come on, this is a Rumpelstiltskin victory all day. <clears throat> I had two, sort of. Is Emma your other winner? No, it's oh. not. Um, Rumpelstiltskin is one of them. Uh, and I think that you see that his machinations in this, that he has done it. He's a rightful winner of this episode. Uh, I think... Cora also got what she wanted in this episode, okay. which is is hard. Like that's because it's really bad, and like she hurt her daughter irrevocably. <laughs> but she wanted her daughter to be the queen, and that's what she fucking got. Yeah. So the one thing I've always had a, a curious moment is that was she put up to that by someone, or did she just always want that? Like, did someone? Because we know a little bit more. Did someone put this idea in Cora's mind that Regina should be queen? Or is that just something she always... I think that's something that she always wanted. Because she herself wanted to be royalty. Yeah. And she couldn't. I mean, Henry Sr. is like the seventh son of a seventh son. So they're like sort of royalty, but... Like, a lot of people would have to die for them to be the king. They're not living in squalor. No, they have a nice life. Yeah. Uh, and she wanted something even better for her daughter. She wanted her to be the queen of the realm. Yeah, okay. And and, you sh- and she's also made Regina the evil queen, which I think is what she wants. I think she wants her to have power. She wants her to realize that love is weakness. Yeah. And, yeah. Which is an interesting thing to desire because that means your daughter's not going to love you. Yeah, I don't think that she... I just don't think that she thinks about it in that way. Like, we'll just be powerful together. Hmm. It's it's not great, but I think she she won. I think, th- so what's funny to me is if you look at the way some people view their victories, Rumpelstiltskin, why I love him so much, is that he, he thinks things through. Like, he kind of understands how this is going to impact him, whereas, like, a lot of times Regina, and to some degree Cora, they just want what they want, and they don't always think about, like, what's the lasting impact of this victory? And it bites him in the ass. Now, a lot of things bite Rumple in the ass, too. But, like... Some of them because he doesn't think things through. Sometimes. But I mean, I'm not going to lie. He's able to make a nice thread here. I mean, he engineered Charming and Snow meeting in the Enchanted Forest and then got pieces of their hair and bottled true love. That's pretty impressive. Uh, considering no one else has done it. And he's also... I don't know how many years he engineers his plot to basically um, get the curse, but... You're going to make some mistakes along the way, but it's not so much that he doesn't make mistakes, it's that he always can recover. He has a plan. I think what we see from Rumpelstiltskin in Storybrooke later are some of his inability to think ahead. I would say that he is influenced poorly by some people around him. Mm, I see. When he can't um, I see. think ahead. But we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. So next week, we're going to watch Season 1, Episode 19, The Return, which is a, as you love, Rumpelstiltskin-focused episode. And I think we get a little bit of information on our uh, August, correct? We get a little information on August, and we're going to get some information about why Rumpelstiltskin is doing all of this. Well, then, great episode. You're going to love that. <laughs> I don't know if it's top five episode, but it's probably in the discussion for me. Yeah, I think... I'm, I'm still waiting to know as far as like going to what we're looking forward to. More backstory on Rumpel. Why is he doing all these things behind the scenes? Because he's playing both sides right now, so I'm not sure what his endgame is. Mm-hmm. Um, Regina seems like she just wants revenge on Mary Margaret, which now you understand why, because of what happened with Snow. Emma is kind of just there for her son. 
what does Rumple get out of this? So now we're going to figure out what he's actually looking for. Why is August here? I have no idea why he's helping. This is shocking and strange. Catherine is back. I, I need answers. The hell is going on with Catherine? So those are kind of the three things I would say I'm looking for. Yeah, I Catherine for sure. Like she just woke up in a parking lot. I want to know what happened. I want to know what's going to happen. Like is Snogan or is Mary Margaret going to be able to forgive David? Because she also doesn't. She maybe doesn't know that he didn't think she did it before Catherine appeared. Yeah. I think I, Emma will tell her if she asks, but uh, I I think that's going to be an interesting piece. And uh, yeah, I really, I just really want to know, like, we know from the very first episode of the show and the pilot that Rumpelstiltskin wanted all of this to happen. And that was a lot of plotting. And like, why? Yeah. Why? Why did he want all of this to happen? Yeah. It's going to be really exciting. Listeners, you're going to love it. Well, uh, please join us next time uh, when we watch Season 1, Episode 19, The Return. See you next time.